Be patient with yourself. Nothing in nature blooms all year. Stay tuned as I talk with two of my health coaches, Coach Vic and Coach Katrina, about achieving hormone bliss through midlife and metabolism rescue and mastery. So the big question is, how do women over 40 like us keep weight off, have great energy, balance our hormones and our moods, feel sexy and confident and master midlife? If you're like most of us, you're not getting the answers you need and remain confused and pretty hopeless to ever feel like yourself again. As an OBGYN, I had to discover for myself the truth about what creates a rock-solid metabolism, lasting weight loss, and supercharged energy after 40 in order to lose 100 pounds and fix my fatigue. Now, I'm on a mission. This podcast is designed to share the natural tools you need for impactful results and to give you clarity on the answers to your midlife metabolism challenges. Join me for tangible natural strategies to crush the hormone imbalances you're facing and help you get unstuck from the sidelines of life. My name is Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Welcome to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hormone Prescription with Dr. Kieran. Thank you so much for joining me today as we dive in with two of my health coaches, Coach Katrina and Coach Victoria, and talk about achieving hormone bliss through midlife metabolism rescue and mastery. These are the names of some of our programs that we've developed over the past three years that many women have gone through and gotten out of hormonal poverty into hormonal prosperity. So it really is the pathway that will lead you to where you want to be after 40 as a woman with your health. If you're experiencing hormonal poverty, the symptoms of midlife metabolic mayhem. Those are the 60 plus symptoms that can start affecting women as young as in their 30s, sometimes even in their 20s. Then this is the show for you. Those symptoms can include not only weight gain, but also fatigue, hair loss, lack of libido, depression, anxiety, poor cognitive functioning, digestive issues, immune system issues, getting sick more often, autoimmune disease. The list goes on and on and on. You might not be aware that the health problems that you're having all have a hormonal component to them. And this is why women's health can start to falter and fail starting at 40 and beyond. There's always a hormonal component to every diagnosis you have, to every disorder you have, to every disease you have, no matter what system it's in, dermatological, gynecological, gastrointestinal, psychological, it go, the list goes on. There's always a hormonal component. And so getting out of hormonal poverty and getting to hormonal prosperity really is essential to reversing any symptom you have, to healing any disease you have, and also to prolonging your life. Because unfortunately, studies show that when we're in hormonal poverty, our lifespan is shortened. And that when we get out of hormonal poverty into hormonal prosperity, our lifespan is actually longer. We have less disease, fewer medications, lower weight, better energy, all the things that you want for your life. So is that something you want? Hormonal prosperity? Yes, we want hormonal prosperity now. So we're going to dive into, in this episode with my two coaches, they're both women over 40. They've had their own health journeys that they're going to share with you. And they really are experts. I love working with women who are passionate about helping other women to achieve what's possible for them with their health and their lives. And these women definitely exemplify that. So I think you're really going to like this episode. We're going to dive into that quote that I shared with you at the beginning about being patient with yourself. Nothing in nature blooms all year. That's from Coach Vic. She is an avid gardener. You got to see pictures of her garden. She makes the most beautiful vegetables I have ever seen. I don't have a green thumb. I say I have a paw for a thumb because I really resonate with animals and I do really well with them. But plants, not so much. But Coach Vic has that covered. So we're going to talk about how to be patient with yourself. And then we're going to talk with Coach Katrina. She has this wonderful quote that we're going to talk about. Stop wasting time like someone is making more of it. Do you put everything off as if you have forever to do it? I've been guilty of that too. We all have. But, you know, time is our most valuable resource because it's the only thing that gives us time on this planet is time. And what gives us that time is our health. When our health runs out, our time runs out. So don't waste your time. 
make the most of it. And that means make your health the most. So we're going to dive into it. I'll tell you a little bit about Vic and Katrina, and then we'll get started. So Katrina Gallagher is a group fitness instructor instructor in Morgantown, West Virginia. She has health coaching certification through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and she's finishing up her health coaching certification through Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. She is a true lover of all things health and wellness. She will go down the rabbit hole on a, any given topic and then can tell you all about it. And she has an emphasis on biohacking and anti-aging. And Victoria Gale, Coach Vic, is a classical naturopath physician with additional certification as a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, holistic cancer coach, certified bioenergetics practitioner, and soon to be national board certified reflexology reflexologist. She loves natural health and appreciates learning how to live in balance with the cycles of nature and the world around us. And we didn't get into in this episode about bioenergetics, but that is a topic that's essential to your hormones that we'll probably cover in future episodes. So stay tuned for that, but please help me welcome Coach Vic and Coach Katrina to the show. Hello. Hi. Thanks so much for having us. I'm so excited to have you guys on. We've all known each other now for a few years. Gosh, I think back from the first stop, the Menopause Madness Summit, probably. And we've worked with so many women and developed so many programs. Katrina's been through them and now is one of our coaches. And more that we're working on to help women. And I think it's great for everyone to hear your stories because we're all over 40. We're all passionate about health. We're all women. We know firsthand what it's to deal with the midlife metabolic mayhem that occurs over 40 and to work through it and master it. And I think women need hope right now. I hear a lot of women are really suffering. They're really lost. They don't know which way to turn and they don't even think it's possible. And they see me and they think, oh yeah, here and she's a doctor of course she can get that straight but that's not true it's possible for really every woman so i wanted to start i've already talked about your expertise and bios but maybe if you could just start with your story of how you came to do the work that you do with women over 40 and why you're so passionate about it do you want to start Vic? sure so i got into natural health after a health episode in my 20s, I developed asthma and I had it so bad that I was using inhalers and breathing machines and all kinds of stuff hours and hours a day and nothing was working. And at the time, I just thought, oh my God, this can't be my life. And my first profession is in performing arts. And so I was at getting ready to do a performance and my name was called. And right before, right after my name was called, I started having an asthma attack. <laughs> and so of course that was panic stricken. I was written and I just thought, oh my God. And luckily I was able to swap places with someone and I ran down the hallway and backstage and there was a pot of black coffee. And I had learned after many years of asthma attacks, if I drank black coffee and bent over, I could control or stop my asthma attacks. And so after that happened, I was like, okay, I can't live like this, not knowing what's going to happen. And so a chance read in a health food store that someone had cured their asthma by juicing, just let me think, well, I can't, it's not going to hurt. So I went and bought a juicer and fruit and vegetables and all that. And I started juicing. And after about two weeks of doing it, with no plan, no nothing, I was just doing it. I noticed that my breathing started to get better. And I was like, whoa, there's something to this. And so I juiced for the next year and a half or so. But I also started unpacking some emotions that I had been hanging on to, some grief, that kind of stuff. And after about a year and a half, I got up one day and I just knew it was over. And I can't explain how I knew that, but I knew it was. And I packed up all my inhalers, breathing machines, and threw them all in the garbage and never had another asthma attack. And that was 25 years ago now. And so after that happened, I was like, I need to really unpack what happened, what, what happened here. And at the time, I had to kind of put it on the shelf because family, whatever. But then once the kids are out of the house and you kind of have some time on your own, I decided 
I need to look into a natural health kind of school. And so I looked for what's in our areas or whatnot. At the time, we had two brick and mortar naturopathic schools here in the state. I'm in Michigan. And so I went to one of those schools and then unpacked and started to learn why that worked for me and what happened. And then I decided, well, if I can help myself, I need to be able to help other people do what I did. And from that point, I started my brand and started working with folks and The bulk of my practice is women. I do see both men and women, but I have to say, after I've met you, Karen, and working with the Institute, it's just women in midlife, I've kind of discovered that's my favorite group of people to work with. Not just because it's me, but (laughs) not just because it's us, but it's just a really dynamic group of untapped energetic potential when we can really refocus and get women on their right path, we can change the world. And so there's just so many women that need that help and support. And so that's a the primary set of what I do every day. And because I have the naturopathic training, I'm always drawn to natural sort of means of doing things that follow the path of nature. Because nature actually shows everything that we need to do. We've just got to kind of follow its paths and trends. And then we'll find that our health will reset itself. And so that's kind of how I've found myself in this space where I am now. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I love working with women. People say, well, don't you miss delivering babies? And I say, well, it was great at the time, but working with women, we give life, but we also are the sustainers of life on this planet. And if you help a woman, you help the whole, everyone on the planet, you help her family, you help her friends. She's going to teach everyone else. And so I love doing what I do now because it's, I'll say it, I know some people think it is complicated to deliver a baby, but it's not that complicated. And there are many wonderful midwives and doctors who do it wonderfully and brilliantly. But not everyone can help a woman come back to herself and come back to her vitality at midlife. There really aren't that many of us. And that's why I think it's so vital, the work that we do. And Katrina, what got you into this type of work? Well, I just kind of believe that you should just go where the world takes you. (laughs) And this is where the world has taken me. (laughs) I mean, I really, it was not, I didn't set out, didn't set out to do this. I'm a lawyer by training that I practiced law for several years. And then, but I've always had an interest in health and wellness because when I was in elementary school, my dad had his first heart attack. He was 36 and then continued to have heart problems throughout the rest of my childhood. And then when I was 18, he had a heart transplant and he was 55 when he died. So that was very, maybe because when he had that first heart attack, I was at such a young age, it made such an impression on me. But I remember being like young. I don't remember how old I was, maybe eight or nine. And I remember thinking, I I remember hearing the doctor tell my mom, there is a hereditary aspect to heart disease and chances are really good that one of your four children is going to have problems. And I remember thinking, it's not going to be me. It is not going to be me. And I didn't know at the time what that meant, what I needed to do to keep it from being me, but I knew it wasn't going to be me. (laughs) So, So I started really in college kind of exploring. And of course, when I was in college, that was when we were getting all the bad information about fat is evil and sugar is fine. And so probably did myself some harm, more harm than good back then following all those recommendations. But I kind of kept up with it. And then I went to college, went to law school, just sort of dappled it, dabbled in it, really. And then when my kids were older, and I had more time to kind of really explore, I really dove in and started just reading everything I could read about health and wellness and about heart health and doing the right things to make sure I wasn't the one of the four of us that ended up with heart problems. And then I guess when I decided to get my health coaching certification, I was approaching that premenopausal phase of my life. And so my own interest went there because that's where I was. And I think because I am, I'm 54 now, I've been doing this now for several years. I think that midlife woman, I think they're just attracted to me. I think because I'm a group fitness instructor. And so I have, I work with a population of people who are already interested in fitness. 
And mm -hmm. I will help anybody who wants my help. And I love working with everybody, but those midlife women seem to be attracted to me. I think because they see me, they, and they're like, okay, she can do it. She's healthy and she's fit. And so, mm -hmm. and so why can't I do that? And so it's sort of just happened that way, but I love it because I can share my own experiences and it's very, every, the stories I hear from them are very relatable. And so that's where I found myself and I really enjoy it. And I really, I will say, Karen, that joining your program when I did saved me a lot of heartache because I was perimenopausal when I started with you. And the journey has been relatively easy for me because I found you and the information that I found. And so as I see other women starting in, like, oh, let me jump in and help you. Let me do for you what Kieran did for me. Let me lead you to Kieran. Let me get you in this way so that you don't have to suffer either. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's a great midlife women are very motivated to feel better. And so it's yes. a very motivated, it's a very motivated population. And that's also nice. Yeah, it is. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. And I'm thinking as you're saying that we made it easier. And here you are a fitness instructor. And I know a lot of people at Midlife Women look around and say, well, what am I not doing? What do I need to do to feel better? And fitness and going to the gym, joining fitness programs is something that people do. But I do find that eventually most people look around and say, well, this isn't all because I just don't feel like myself anymore. And you have this unique perspective where you actually went through the programs that Victoria and I had created. So what were some of the most surprising things to you that you learned, like going through the midlife metabolism rescue and mastery programs? What are some things that stick out as these big light bulbs? wow, I had no idea that this was so important or that this worked like this or other things. Well, I was already, my fitness was fine. And really mm -hmm. my, my food was already pretty on key. Like I was already doing most of that stuff. So most of that was not new to me and was not surprising to me, but we started off with the HRV, the HRV lesson, which I had no, no idea about. <laughs> so that was all, I was like, wait, what is this new thing that could, that is like controlling <laughs> my health? <laughs> you know? So, and my HRV was not fantastic. And so that, that was a whole new world to me, understanding the nervous system and regulating that. And that, so that was big for me. I did not have an understanding at all of, of like cortisol was new to me. I knew what it was, but I had no idea how important it was and what a controlling factor it is with regard to all of the other hormones. So that really stood out to me. The whole really like sleep stress reduction portion was just not anything I had really delved into before. And that was all very important for me because my I'm a great sleeper, but I was not sleeping enough. And I, at the time, I had no idea how much damage that was probably doing to me and how much it was holding me back from feeling my best. So those things I would say, and then I knew the importance of gut health and I knew the basics, but that was just, I was just in heaven through all of that learning, all of the stuff about the gut stuff. The GI map was fascinating to me and learning about how all of that works and how, and so that was a whole new world to me as well. So there was a lot, I mean, I went into it feeling like, okay, I know some things and that's good. And I was glad I knew the things I did, but wow, was there a lot that I didn't know. And so there were several things during the course that I was just like, oh, what? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. I, would, I, would, I would agree yeah. with that, that the GI map, a lot of the, remember, I remember a lot of the ladies early on when their GI map would show up and we would be in our one-on-one -on -one coach consult, they would go on and on about oh my gosh, how is this test going on that no one knows about, but it says so much about my health and my hormones. And how is this the first time I'm coming across this? And I would say gut health was something they really were going on and on about, not understanding how much it was affecting every other aspect mm -hmm. of their health. And they loved being able to address it botanically because a lot of what you can use to address gut health is entirely botanicals. You'd often don't need pharmaceutical type products to deal with the gut. And so they loved that. And I would second that that's one. And the other aspect, I know that many of them had undervalued as far as being related to their health is 
their emotional state and traumas and things that they were hanging on to. And they really had no idea how it was slowly gnawing away at their health. It was this sort of stealth killer of their health. And they really undervalued it because I think so often we just kind of say, oh, yeah, I had this happen in my past. It's no big deal. It can't be still be affecting me now. And that's actually the entire opposite wrong way to think of it, because those traumas and things that we've held on to and have in us are little time bombs waiting to explode. And boy, when they do in midlife, when everything else is going on in our lives, it becomes a disaster for us as midlife women. And so I would say I one thing I really appreciate, especially about this program, and Kieran, especially, you're one of the few FMDs that I've really run across who will delve into that aspect of health, the emotional, spiritual, psychological aspect of our health, because it's huge. It is. And I just want to mention for anyone listening, HRV is heart rate variability, uh, in case you didn't know. Yes, and thank you for saying that. It really is the missing piece. I mean, mainstream medicine for sure misses that piece, but most functional medicine misses it too. Nobody wants to go into the emotional stuff. And I've had to learn these things out of necessity because I had a, let's say, less than nurturing childhood. They caught up with me at midlife. So I've had to learn about all these things and learn how to unpack them. But it, it's almost more than, and this is why I'm creating, uh, and if you're a regular listen to, listener to the podcast, you're going to want to listen to the next few episodes because I'm making a few episodes for you on psychoneuroendocrinology, which is a fancy way of saying how your thoughts and feelings affect your nervous system and your hormones because they're all related and it's actually a field in medicine, psychoneuroendocrinology, and also your energetic blueprint. We're going to be going into that because your energetic design goes into that too. But all of these less than nurturing or overwhelming small T or big T traumas that we have as children, where it can be traumatic to a child, whenever their needs or wants are not met, that can be trauma that has to go somewhere. It has, that's energy. Emotions are energy in motion. And so if that energy is not discharged, by a nurturing parent who can help you process it and feel it and understand it, which is most of the people who raised us, they don't, because they don't know how to do it. It wasn't a common skill for people because they were worried about survival. Then these emotions and this energy has to go somewhere. So it goes into our fascia, into our nervous system. And it takes a lot of energy for the body to hold down those encapsulated packets of traumatic energy. And so this is one of the reasons why some women actually have a worse time at perimenopause, menopause, at midlife, is because they haven't unpacked all of these bigger little T traumas. And their cortisol has been struggling since they were five years old to keep a lid on this shit. <laughs> and so anyway, it's a big conversation, but I'm creating a whole new program to dive I'm into that even more deeply because I find that even though we incorporate that into the program and we talk a lot about it, it really people need full guidance. Like, how do I do this work? So I'm making a whole program on that. Anything else you guys want to say about that before we change topics, though? I think it's so important. Yeah, I just will say in my own health coaching practice, I don't think I've ever, my bachelor's degree is in psychology, and I don't think I've ever had a client that I didn't feel like I used my psych degree almost more than I used my my, my health coaching certifications. <laughs> like there, everybody has emotional issues that they haven't dealt with and mostly don't know how to deal with. And so I do what I can. I refer people, encourage people often to seek professional help in doing those things because it becomes obvious if you do this very much at all, how much those issues hold people back from reaching their full potential. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And that's always an aspect of everything that I have when I'm working with my people. I mean, we certainly go through the testing and we explain, we come up with lifestyle recommendations, whatever, but there's always a point where the rubber has to meet the road, where I'm talking to the clients and I'm like, okay, 
there's more here you're going to need to unpack. And here's some resources. I have a somatic therapist on staff here. And so she's been very helpful to direct people to, but there's always a point in time where the rubber meets the road and that intersection of mind, body, spirit becomes Mm -hmm. front and center. And it's something that has to be addressed. And emotions are powerful. They're the energetics that keep us moving day to day. And so they have to be sort of channeled and funneled in a way that makes life sustainable and healthy for us. And otherwise, they become little time bombs. And I appreciate Mm -hmm. so much some of the specifics of the changes with what happens with women in midlife. And so some of the importance of needing to exercise and the changes with estrogen and all these things that when there's an emotional aspect attached to those things, it can really throw you way off. And so I've appreciated with the program really digging down into some of those specifics, because I know from my training and some of the other sorts of stuff I've learned over the years, a lot of the data, the research is on men or a healthy person in their 20s. There's never anything specifically tailored for midlife women. And I so appreciated some of the experts and things that you brought whose sole focus is women in midlife because you suddenly discover, oh, wait a minute, there's a little bit of calibration that has to be different for the midlife woman. There has to be some different thoughts. There has to be a little bit of a different approach. And I think that's been really, that's been game changing for me just to really Mm -hmm. focus in on that. I always say when I went through my mainstream education and med school and OBGYN residency, we were basically taught that Women are just littler men with an accessory pack that allows us special organs and hormones that allows us to reproduce life. And then when I got further along and had my own health crisis and had to sort that out and discovered what the work I do now, I discovered that nothing could be further from the truth. We are foundationally different. Our brains are structured differently. Our psyches, our nervous systems, like we just don't, we are not little men in any way, shape or form. But I love what you mentioned. One of the things that I love about the way we set up the programs is doing it in a group format. And I know that some people are a little hesitant at first because they're used to that one-on-one, even though it's a five or seven minute, just write a prescription or you need a surgery visit, but that's what we've been socialized to believe is healthcare. And so they go, group, I'm going to be talking about my personal stuff in a group. And then what do you guys find is people's opinion at the end? about that. They love it, right? Yeah. I was speaking for myself and for the ladies that that I went through it with and have seen go through it since the group was key. I think we, we got a lot of value from listening to each other, learning from each other's questions, the support that comes with knowing that there are other women out there that are going through what you're going through and that that you're kind of learning to fix it together. Yeah. I love the group setting. I don't, I I have never heard anybody ever say a negative thing about, uh, there's some apprehension in the beginning sometimes with people like, oh, but then once the comfort level increases a little bit, everybody's thrilled that there's, that it's in a group setting. Absolutely. And definitely in private consults, one-on-one, when we would meet with the folks outside of the group setting, they would definitely say, oh, I didn't really want to share that. I haven't been sleeping or my HRV numbers were so terrible, but they suddenly discovered that there's comfort in being vulnerable and having another group of women do having the same kind of things happen. If not worse, there's a comfortability in sharing that. And I'm a firm believer that, I mean, we all need community, but I believe women especially need women only sort of supportive groups in life, as well as in any kind of a healing situation. I believe we're just, I believe we're wired that way, truthfully. And I've told friends many mm-hmm. over the years, I've, t- I've told people that my girlfriend therapy group has gotten me through more things than any sort of, it's getting together with my girlfriends and parsing things out has been a huge peace for me. And I think if we're, if we see how good it is when we feel great, it's especially when we're not feeling so great, it doubles the need to have that group of other supportive community, especially women around us. And Mm -hmm. I like to kind of relate it to nature. I mean, nothing in nature exists 
on its own, right? And so nature yeah. tells us we have to intercommunicate and support to get through day to day. And I love the data where they are looking at trees, how trees talk to each other and the roots talk to each other and it's mm -hmm. the fungus. And so that interconnection and communication is how nature exists. So why would we be any, we, why would we be any different? We're part of nature as right. well. We need that community. We do. And we have an epidemic of loneliness and I'm trying yes. to remember the exact numbers, but I think of people over 50, it's like people say that they have some less than one close friend and they spend large swaths of time alone and they don't have the support systems because we used to live in communities where we were very connected to nature and very connected to each other. But now we live in cities and apartments with TVs and electronic devices and people are on that thinking they're connected, but they're not. Right. So I think it, it is vital. Connection is vital to health. And the statistics on loneliness are that it's worse than smoking for your health. So you may think, oh, I'm doing great because I don't smoke. But if you're experiencing loneliness and you're not having human connection, because there's certain kind of energetic benefits that we get from being having eye contact and being in close proximity and having physical touch and sexual touch and all these things. If you're not having that, it could be like you're smoking two packs a day of cigarettes. So that's one thing I love about the groups. I think people got that oxytocin hit from having that connection and that support and being seen and being heard and being understood. They're going to their doctor's office being told, there's nothing wrong with you. It's normal not to want to have sex and have poor sex and poor sleep at your age. No, it's not, right? And so they can come here and get affirmed for all the midlife metabolic mayhem craziness that we've, we're all experiencing. I wanted to ask you guys, how important do you think is the testing? Because I know some programs are like, oh, we just created this program to address your hormones and your gut, and you're all going to take these supplements, and you're all going to eat like this, and you're all going to do these things, and we don't do any tests. So how important are the tests? I, wildly important. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean because you can... It's funny because I always say at the end of the day, it no matter what issues you're having, to some extent, the protocol to fix it is the same, right? We all should be sleeping well. We all should be eating good, clean, organic, whole foods. We all should be none of we shouldn't be drinking alcohol. We shouldn't like there are some things that are going to go across the board that are true for everyone. But the testing in my mind is super important, especially when it comes to the supplementation aspect of any wellness protocol, because mm -hmm. you don't know what to take if you don't know exactly what's wrong. <laughs> so I can know my, I can feel that my hormones are out of whack, but if I don't do a Dutch test and know exactly if my estrogen is high or low or my progesterone is high or low, what my testosterone is doing, how do I know what to take? How do I know what to supplement with? How do I know how much? If you don't have the GI map and you don't know that you've got a parasite or you don't know that you're that you've got whatever is high or low, then you don't know if you should I be taking probiotics, should I be taking digestive enzymes? Should I be doing a protocol to get rid of candida? Do I have high candida? Do I like <laughs> know how exactly to attack it to me? I'm a huge knowledge is power person. I want to know everything. Mm. I want to know all the things. The more information I have, the more I can the better decisions I can make about how to go about improving a situation. So the tests for me personally were that's knowledge. Give me input, all the information. I want all the information, but I've seen it too with our clients and with, they love those tests. They feel like finally there's something that validates the way they've been feeling. Yeah. There's clinical correlation to, oh my gosh, this, no wonder I felt this way. And all of a sudden they don't feel crazy anymore. And right. it just gives them a, a, a resource to say, okay, here it is in black and white. <laughs> You're not crazy. You're not crazy. Exactly. Yeah. And then for me, it was also like showing my husband, see, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the validation is huge. Yeah. It's funny. I just was recently interviewed by a, a woman, a journalist. And so she, after the interview, she wanted to talk about her functional issues. Her, because she's at midlife. So everyone hears, you deal with midlife metabolic mayhem. Let me tell you my issues. Let's talk about it. So I did. 
And um, she said that uh, she had been trying the throw shit against the wall and see what sticks method. <laughs> that wasn't working. And everyone in her office was trying that. And then when some one of them would learn about some other protocol, they would share it. And then some of them would complain, this is too much work. Why is this so much work? And I went on this whole rant with her about, we don't complain about how much work our careers were. We get the master's and take the SATs and apply to university and go to university. I mean, it's chaos, right? To, to go through your education and get your training and get your certifications and maintain your certifications and get your jobs and maintain your jobs. And nobody complains about how much work it is, right? Because you get the payoff. But then when it comes to our health, we've been socialized to believe that all we're supposed to do is shovel some calories in our mouth every day, lay horizontal for a few hours, and it should be plug and play. We go to the doctor if we have a problem, they write us a script or do a surgery. And that's all we should have to input into our most valuable asset, our bodies, which is what the only thing that gives us time on this planet. And then we complain that it's too much work. So I know some people hear, oh, I got to do a course and I got to do testing and oh, this is so much work. And I just like to have that reality check. But it was funny because after I talked to her, the journalist, she was like, I never thought about it like that. I put no investment into my health. And that's why I don't, I think it's too much work because I don't, I've been trained that way. But what about the value of investing in your health? One of the things I remember early on when the first ladies would start the program and you would have the classes and you would talk about, we would come up with structured lifestyle recommendations to do. And so one of them was initially on, 30 minutes every day of walking or taking a look at your HRV or whatever and ever. And I remember clearly, and I won't mention any names, but there was a lady early on in the program who told us directly she did not have 15 to 20 minutes <laughs> to look at her HRV. And I re at the end of the program, of course, we all went crazy and whatnot. And she went through the program and suddenly learned the value of that self-investment. And by the end of the program, I remember her saying, oh, my gosh, I feel so embarrassed and foolish <laughs> that I thought that, that I didn't have the time. And now it's become if I don't have that's, you know, the end of the world, I have to have that self-investment time. I mean, if there's anything you're going to put time or investment into, it should be yourself. And as many hours and as much money, whatever it takes, we have to put that time into ourselves. But I find that commonly with a lot of my midlife women, they tell me, oh, I don't have 30 minutes to walk. I don't have 15, 20 minutes. And it's really something because there's something to that, that you will put time into everything else, but not yourself. And getting people to care and love about them, themselves, that's a piece of this. And that's what I, I do especially like about this program. And what I have to find with my client base as well is we almost have to teach women to love ourselves again and to really put ourselves first. I mean, who else should we put first? Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, we love our children. We love our husbands. We love whatever. But that first love has to be self-love. And that's a piece that I think midlife women have to really sit on and we have to really work with them on that. Yeah. What is up with that? Because when we say, I don't have the time or I don't have the money that what we're, that's code for, I don't see the value in that thing or in myself. Right. So what is up with that with us? What are your thoughts, you guys? I don't know. I think that we're just, I think that we're wired to be caretakers and I think that we put other people first. Oh, I mean, I think if you're a mother, then you're just wired that your children are going to come first. But I also think that we have, I think a lot of us waste a lot more time than we realize we waste. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. we become a pretty inefficient society. And I don't say that judgmentally because I'm guilty of it. So I mean, I'm right there with you. I do, but you know, and I realized that I realized that for myself recently when I I did do 75 hard. I don't know if you all are familiar with 75 hard, but there are requirements. And one of the requirements is that you have to work out twice a day. And everybody going into the program is, I don't have, I can't work out twice a day for 40, for at least 45 minutes each workout. So it's, and it's like, how am I going to make time for this? And you do it, you do the program for 75. And there are other things that you have to do as well. But mm -hmm. you, I realized for myself during that time, 
how much t- like I was able to do that. And so the things that I lost were not important things. <laughs> okay. Like so I think we've kind of, <laughs> yeah. I think we've kind of I think we've kind of forgotten how to prioritize our time as well. I think if women take a really good hard look of what their day is filled up with, there are things that maybe in their minds feel necessary that aren't really necessary. So I mm-hmm. I do think that you're never going to get women to not prioritize their children, to not prioritize their family. To some extent, they're going to prioritize their jobs. But I think even within their jobs, there are things that they are spending time on that aren't necessary. I think we need to learn to become better delegators. And I think we need to learn to say, you know what, that thing can wait. <laughs> the world's not going to end if that thing doesn't get done today. And so, yeah, so I think it's kind of twofold. I think we do have a tendency to take care of everybody around us first, but I also think that we're not always terribly efficient with our time. And that's part of the piece, Mm. I think, of having a loss of community because many things Mm. that we would get done in a day would be done by other community members. And so I think women, we've kind Mm -hmm. of incorporated, wait a minute, there's a thousand things to be done. I better do all thousand of them or life is going to fall apart. But We've forgotten that even child rearing, our earlier ancestors, it wasn't just the parents that were raising children. It was aunties, Mm -hmm. uncles, neighbors. I was raised where my neighbor would come and get me up in the morning and would do things. I mean, there's just other things that would be handled by community. And that's where I think you're right about us having to really sit down and look at these lists of things and determine that, okay, these aren't the important ones. These I need to delegate. We need to just reprioritize the need to get everything quote unquote done. (laughs) We just don't need to. Yeah. Well, and you address that in the programs. Kieran, we talk about doing breaking your day down into however many minute increments and and find your time. Like, where is your time going? What's necessary? What's not necessary? That's a really good exercise for people to do who think that they don't have time to take care of them. Food preparation, the idea that we can't find time to prepare food has become something we've kind of fallen into as well. And I mean, the meal services are great. And yes, there's time frames for things. But I mean, to really take the time to prepare quality homemade food, which is a keystone for us being healthy, we have the time to do it. I mean, we aren't going out and catching animals. We aren't going out and picking (laughs) stuff from the garden. We aren't doing it. All we have to do is go to the grocery store you know, batch cook one day a week and put it in a freezer. Mm -hmm. We have the life of Riley for food preparation. So this idea that we're just too busy to prepare our food is just, is a myth we've all kind of bought into. And I'm a big advocate for having children that are old enough be a part of food preparation and meal preparation. I just don't understand one person in a household being the only one responsible for all the meal prepping and children that are old enough should be doing some amount of meal prep, I believe. Absolutely. A pro tip from the episode is batch meal prep. That is hands down the biggest time saver and gives you so much control over your health because what you are, what you eat. And so we go into the program, into in the programs, what to eat. But I started when I first got on this journey over 10 years ago, I just sat down and started planning meals, which we never did before, and planning recipes. And Sunday was shopping and cook day, and we would make mass amounts and freeze it. We got this big freezer, and we always had food. And and then it was just like a family affair because we all did it together. So I think this issue of the time values, which I also do in the Hormone Bliss Challenge, which we're going to be running again in November, looking at where you spend your time, looking at where you spend your money, looking at your values, and are you spending your time and money in alignment with your values? And most women find that they are not. So I think I needed that reality check also. And so no shame here, because we're all guilty of these things as well. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just wondering, I want to talk a little bit about human design, because it's something that I've become interested in in the past year. We talked 
in the programs about your energetic blueprint. We talked about chakras. I think Vic, you even did a whole class on that, which was amazing. And people love learning about how their energetics and their body works. And then I got introduced into human design, which is a more specific science of differentiation, how each individual has a unique energetic blueprint that has to do with certain characteristics of when they were born, where they were born. It integrates many ancient teachings. And so I've had my chart done and been living in what we call my experiment for the past year. And you guys have done your chart. And I think Katrina's had her initial reading. So she's starting her experiment. You've done your chart, Vic. One thing that I learned from human design, I'll just give an example, is that my design is an emotional projector. So there are five different main types, and then you have an authority by which you're supposed to make decisions. And then there are many more specifics about each person's unique blueprint that give them certain characteristics and qualities. I found that when I had my reading, it explained a lot of my personality characteristics that have always been perplexing to me and other people. Why am I always this way? Like I have this ability to kind of cut to the heart of a matter and see the truth behind things. And people have always been like, why can you see this behind the curtain? And I always wondered why can I? And it's part of my design. And then also my fighting for the underdog. I always don't like injustice when I see it. And I'm always willing to fight for injustice, like for women at midlife. And that's part of my design. So there are a lot of insights, but the big thing was learning that I'm not a generator, which 65% of people are. So generators are the builders and the doers, and I am not, and I'm made to be a guide and lead people, not to be out there digging the ditches and planting the trees, but helping people do dig ditches and plant trees better. And so that's kind of why I do what I do. So those were all very insightful and have allowed me to live more in alignment with my true nature, which actually helps balance your hormones. So if you're not living in alignment with your true nature, this is kind of where it relates to hormones. There are specific gates and channels that relate to specific hormones. So you can get that deep. But in general, if you're not living in alignment with your design, you are hurting your cortisol stress hormone because that's stress. It's friction if you're not operating in alignment with how you're supposed to operate. So those are the insights I got that I found hugely valuable. And we're actually adding right now live human design class we're going to do next week with an analyst a whole section on human design and helping people get their charts and integrate it into balancing their hormones and healing hormonal poverty. So I'm just wondering if either of you would like to share any insights that you've had from your human design and mostly how it has helped you to live more in alignment with your true self. Well, I was absolutely fascinated and I did have a reading and the I yeah validating is the first word that came to mind because I am an emotional manifester. It just explained so much when about yeah, like you said, just so many things that just helped me to understand myself. And I was like, oh, now it makes perfect sense why. I'll, I'll never forget one time my kids were my boys were playing baseball and their coach was a pretty young guy, and I made some comment once about how maybe I was going to go talk to Tyler about X, Y, or Z. And my boys were like, oh, they were like, oh, they, the reaction was like, oh, uh, but they said, you will completely freak him out if you go. And I said, why would you say that? What do you mean? And they're like, mom, you're very intimidating. And that was not a word that I would have used to describe myself. And so that kind of piqued my interest. And so I asked some other people, is that true? do people find me intimidating? And I got that. I got, yes, I got the answer. Yes. A lot. And I was like, what? And and literally I never really quite understood it. I never, but then when I met with Nancy and we talked about what exactly it means to be a manifester and how I have sort of an off-putting aura and that's just who I am. Like I just have a I'm like, oh, so that's why people, they feel like I'm intimidating, but I never really saw myself that way. So it answered a lot of questions and it does kind of just sort of re make you reevaluate how you're moving through life. 
and kind of what your how it makes helps you understand why people react to you the way that they do. And the fact that I am emotional, I've always been a follow your gut kind of person. And now I'm like, that's that that is really super true for me. I really do need to follow my gut. If I feel a certain way, I need to like Nancy said, even down to if you cook a meal and all of a sudden you don't feel like eating it, like, right. Don't. <laughs> don't she so yeah fascinating and I feel like I'm just kind of getting started learning so there's I think there's mm-hmm. a lot more to learn and I'm super excited about learning it yeah I'm fascinated as well I haven't had any readings done yet I did run my chart and I only got a chance to read through one little aspect of it but I'm a generator with emotional authority and it really just encapsulated everything I've ever done my life. Because if I'm going to start a business, I'm going to dig in there and I'm going to go through all the aspects of things. And it just really made sense for me. And the one thing that really stood out for me when I was kind of reading through one of the write-ups, they talked about Mm -hmm. when you have emotional authority, you kind of have to wait for a full wave of whenever you make a decision to kind of process things. And boy, is that true. And the times when something has happened and I just immediately jump into it, it like is egg in my face. (laughs) It blows up as the wrong decision. And I just, it's just something I'm understanding, especially as I'm getting older and just the maturity of kind of thinking through decisions. Mm -hmm. I see that it really is something that's a non-negotiable for me. I have to do that. (laughs) Like I cannot means I have to have that process. So I'm fascinated to learn more about it. And I think it's really interesting. I can't wait to have a reading on it. Yeah. And I will yeah. say, uh-huh. but I have at times felt since I've gotten this information, there have been times where I have felt myself more at peace with what's happening in my life because now I understand it better. So the way that it affects cortisol and the hormones makes perfect Mm -hmm. sense because there have been times I'm like, no, this is how you're designed. (laughs) This is your process. It's fine. And it's given me just, it's kind of given me that level of just take a breath. (laughs) It's all working out exactly the way it's supposed to. So definitely dovetails nicely into all of the other things that Mm -hmm. we're working on. Yeah. Yeah, I, they in a lot of the literature about it, they say it is the key to true self-love and acceptance because it is your design. Just like your eye color is your eye color and <laughs> your face is your face, right? If we don't accept and love ourselves exactly as we are and who we are and what we're designed to do on this planet, and our personality characteristics, life is just friction. And that means cortisol problems. And that means hormone problems and hormonal poverty, poor gut health and lack of health. And so to me, the more we can know ourselves, the more we can know our lab test results and what exactly is going on physiologically, biochemically inside. And the more we can know our energetics and our personality and our design, human design has a lot of information about what we're here to do. So if you're confused about your purpose and how we're here to operate, and if we can surrender to the truth of all of that and be true to ourselves, life can be a much easier ride, which sounds really good to me. And I think at midlife is when and the friction of, how, because we're all really trained to live as generators and function as generators, make decisions with our brain and be the go-doers. Well, that's great for, I think they call them self-projected generators. So the ones that are supposed to think, no, actually, I don't think there's anyone. We'll have to defer to the experts on this because I'm not a human design expert. That's why we have experts coming in to teach about it. But we're not designed to make decisions with our brains. And not all of us are designed to be out there digging ditches and planting trees. So I think it's a wonderful addition to the program. And I'm super excited about it. Super excited about this next Hormone Bliss Challenge coming up in November. We're going to have the link in the show notes so that you can sign up and join us for a five-day course that actually you'll get a lot of benefit because I'm going to teach you about all the steps that you need to take to heal hormonal poverty, but you're going to start taking action on day one. And a lot of people get incredible results even in five days, which is amazing. But you can read more if you follow the link. So what last words 
you guys shared, before we wrap up, you shared some amazing quotes with me before we started recording. So I want to ask if you could talk about one of each of your quotes a little bit. I love a good quote. So Katrina, you shared this quote, stop wasting time like someone is making more of it, which I absolutely love. Is that something that you say or is that, did someone else say it? It's actually a line from a song. I can't even remember the song, but the first time I heard it, I was like, it just hit me. Yeah. (laughs) So so we were talking about taking care of yourself and finding the time. And at, at one point you said, our health is really the only thing that gets us more time on this planet. And so why are we acting like we have all of this, all the time in the world to do these things that are the most important things? And why do we waste so much? Like we, there is no more. Like my father-in-law always says, buy yourself a good piece of land because that's the one thing God's not making more of. (laughs) (laughs) And so for me, it's okay. So that's time. I think that, yeah, we have, we only have so much and we can buy ourselves more by taking good care of ourselves, but we spend so much, we waste so much time. I, I hate that it takes a lot of women until midlife to start the journey. I love it when mm. women in their 20s want to come talk to me about how to take care of themselves. I'm like, you're so far ahead of the game. I so wish I had the information that I have now when I was younger so that I could have not wasted all that time. <laughs> Would you have really used the information? Because I loved it. I'm a big one to say that too. Oh, I wish I had known this 20 years ago, but I don't think I was ready for it 20 years ago. That's why I didn't receive it because I wouldn't have used it. I think I would have used some of it because I was very okay. interested in being healthy back then. So I wish okay. I, I do wish I had, but I just think that we spend a lot of time putting off. Well, I'll do it when I'll do it when I'll do it when, and we just keep wasting time. Like someone's making more of it and nobody is, and nobody's coming to save you. <laughs> so I know that reminds me of this surgeon in the town where I was OBGYN in Savannah, because she was typical midlife woman, like everyone else really not paying attention to her health. And then I had been out of town for a while and I came back and I saw her at the health food store and I'd never seen her there. So I said, what are you doing here? And she said, oh, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. I had a colon resection. I'm getting ready to have further therapy. And now I'm looking for supplements that can help me. And I cried because she neglected her health all those years. And a lot of us don't do anything until the other shoe drops and we get cancer or we get another horrible diagnosis, autoimmune disease, lupus, whatever it is, or something horrible happens. And I just cried because if she had been in the health food store 10 years before doing natural things to help herself and being interested in it, then she might not have been in that position. But yeah, I love that one. And then Vic, you have this one, be patient with yourself. Nothing in nature blooms all year. I know you are an amazing gardener. You guys should see her pictures of her garden. She has a green thumb like nobody I've ever seen. But talk about what that means to you. I love that. Well, as everyone kind of gets started on their journey, we've kind of been, we're in this immediate society. I'm going to just take this handful of pills and everything will be fine. I'm just going to go to this person and do this exercise. Everything will be fine. And There is, that's not how nature works. That's not how healing works. And so a lot of when I get started with ladies, I suggest to them that if your children came to you and said, I'm not, I don't know this song. I'm not ready for the recital. We would say, be patient, go back and let's go slowly work through it. But when it comes to health, it's the same. We just have to be patient, be slow with the understanding that our body will heal when it's time to heal and when the conditions are right. And the same as all my stuff I grow out in the garden, the tomatoes bloom when they're ready to bloom. (laughs) The echinacea comes up when it's time for it to come up. And so Patience is something I think we especially have to embrace and learn to understand in the process. And again, following nature, nothing rushes in nature, neither should we. Yeah, I recently heard this term that I love called transactional healing, where we want it on demand, like a pharmaceutical. I take the aspirin, my headache goes away. But when it comes to really helping the body heal and come into alignment and fix the root causes, 
you need to be patient. You can take the actions, but it's up to your body in what way it unfolds that healing. And so you don't want to be transactional about it. And that's a factor in self-love. It's not self-loving to be transactional about your healing. So be patient with yourself. Put in the work. It will happen. Last question. I know Katrina has to go so real fast. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. As you guys know, my TEDx talk was about hormonal poverty and the consequences of it, midlife metabolic mayhem, disease, premature death, and all the plethora of data on these topics and how they can be prevented or reversed using natural hormone therapy. And I'm wondering if you can share in your personal journeys or women you've worked with, how important has that been? I will say for me, it was, it has been a game changer. I'm super into fitness, just the ability that it's given me to do what I want to do every day in the gym, the ability it's given me to build and maintain muscle mass, the ability it's given me to sleep well, (laughs) which is key. If you're as active as I am, you have to be able to sleep well. I won't say that I, I still have an occasional hot flash. Things aren't, it's not made everything perfect. I'm still not completely sure that I'm, that levels are optimized because as we kind of titrate up gradually, Mm -hmm. we don't want to overdo and get everything just right. But I entered this program when I did, because I was entering into perimenopause and the symptoms were starting and I didn't want it to get, I didn't want my life to get completely crazy with it. And I was able to avert, I was able to avert the craziness And so that's why I said before, it has been relatively easy for me. And a huge part of that, I'm sure, has been the bioidentical hormones. I don't feel like I have had all of those problems that I've, that my friends have had that have gone through. And my life is good. I mean, I will say, honestly, I feel better, healthier, more fit right now at 54 than I've ever felt in my entire life. And and I don't think that I would be able to say that had I not found you and all of the things, including the hormones. Amazing. How about you, Vic? Yeah. yeah, I can definitely say hormone therapy, the bioidenticals have been a game changer for every person, every lady who's gone through this program and through my own client base to the extent that we do it here and are able to. I have to say, I personally think that bioidentical hormone replacement therapy is just about as close to a magic wand for women as you can find <laughs> about anything. It's just about that close. And just what, especially the testosterone, especially there's Ooh. just something there that like Katrina said with the muscle mash and just, it just clears the webs. It just clears the brain. It just clears things. And I think it's wonderful because having that little extra boost, when you suddenly feel better, then you feel more inspired to, oh, well, let me focus on my meal planning. Oh, let me go and do this exercise. You just feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I can't say enough about them. I think it's fantastic. I love that you have the hormone club going so women can have that access because they're not easy. Bioidentical hormone replacement therapy is not easy to find. And I love that you have access to that as long as you're in a state where they can get it. I think it's fantastic. And it's a game changer, truly. Yeah, we'll put the link to her hormone club in the show notes too, in case anyone is not able to access bioidentical hormones. We have a telemedicine company uh, throughout the U.S. that can provide board-certified doctors specializing in bioidentical hormone therapy who can treat you from the comfort of your own dining room table via Zoom and test you and send you hormones. So if you're interested in that, we'll have the link in the show notes. We could do a whole episode about hormones, testosterone especially. More than half of women over 40 are testosterone deficient. And if you think that's not important, think again. It is so important for a muscle mass, which if you don't have adequate muscle mass, you gain weight, meaning fat, right? And 75% of us are overweight or obese by the time we're 60. It has to do with our dopamine and our drive in life, our initiative. It has to do with our sex drive. It has to do with so many things. So it's vital along with the estrogen and progesterone. I know Katrina had to jump off. Thank you so much, Katrina, for joining me. And Vic, thank you so much for joining me. I think this has been an amazing discussion. I think people are going to really enjoy it and, and get something from it. So hearing three women 
over 40 who have dealt with these issues and work with women with these issues. And hopefully you've gotten a lot of hope today. Hopefully you've gotten some insight into the steps that you might need to take. If you think that we might be able to help you, you're more than welcome to join us in the Hormone Bliss Challenge. We'll have the link in the show notes. That'll be happening in November. Any last words, Vic, before we sign off? I just want to tell all the ladies out there, there's hope and there's a community waiting to take care of you. And Learning to love yourself takes time, it takes patience, but you know, when you do it, what comes out on the other side is a renewal of your life and you get to be the full vibrant self you're supposed to be. And bravo to you, Kieran, for setting up this program and really digging in and getting all the nooks and crannies of pieces of things to really help support women in midlife. Bravo to you. Oh, well, thank you so much. And thank you for helping me with it. You're as much a part of it as I am. It is our passion and our purpose and our pleasure to serve you. Hopefully you've gotten something out of today's episode. So until next week, if you did get something out of it, please reach out to us on social media. We love to hear about it. If you have questions you'd like us to answer in future episodes, if you love this episode, we can have Katrina and Vic back. We can answer your questions. We are here to serve you. So let us know how we can do that. And we'll see you again next week. Until then, peace, love, and hormones, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I know that incredible vitality occurs for women over 40 when we learn to speak hormone and balance these vital regulators to create the health and the life that we deserve. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you'd give me a review and subscribe. It really does help this podcast out so much. You can visit thehormoneprescription.com where we have some free gifts for you. And you can sign up to have a hormone evaluation with me on the podcast to gain clarity into your personal situation. Until next time, remember, take small steps each day to balance your hormones and watch the wonderful changes in your health that begin to unfold for you. Talk to you soon.